It is bringing in with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Gerard? Good, good. We're, uh, we had a nice warm, warmish weekend, at least warm yesterday up here. I know for you, you're like, it's always warm in Florida. You're not going to hit the cool breezes till probably October, maybe November. Well, it, it depends on how you define cool. My, <laughs> my wife and I, we've had a lot of rain recently. We were joking that, uh, I mean, it was probably close to 90, but it was kind of dry. After the rain went through, <laughs> it felt delightful. Yeah, I was still sweating, but it really wasn't so bad. It yeah. felt delightful, 90 degrees yeah. and dry. Yeah. To, listen, to, uh, to a man stranded in the desert, like a thimble full of water tastes good. With an 80-degree cool breeze, that feels great to us. <laughs> I love it. Uh, last week, you published a piece about the MVP race. I'm yeah. looking at who the Vegas and the betting markets favored. And we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into your specific formula of how you broke down who you think should be the top MVP candidates. But before we get into that, and I thought this was just really illustrative because as I've been preparing for the season and looking over who's doing what and who was great, you know, one of our, our favorite site we love to use here, Dunks and Threes um, by Taylor Snarr and looking at EPM and estimated wins and all those stats. I thought it was interesting last year, coach. There were only three players over the age of 30, who were top five in EPM, which is estimated plus minus, which tells you when you are on the floor relative to your competition, what does your team do? And estimated wins. And the only three players, which should be a surprise to nobody over 30, who would be top five and top 10 in both, were Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. And, you know, we are at the stage now where we're at the back nine, <laughs> to steal a golf, a golf analogy, because Steph loves golf, of their careers, right? They have far more behind them than they do in front of them. Um, and I always love looking at this because, of course, in 10, 15, 20 years, there's going to be another great group of players. But I always, especially when you combine it with what's been happening recently, we talked about tennis a lot with Federer and Serena retiring. When a group who has been so dominant for so long, you start being like, all right, it is time for them to start uh, making way for the 20-somethings in the young man's league. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about just how brilliant those three players are. I mean, they are iconic names and deservedly so for their own reasons, but mostly because they're so impactful to wins. And um, yeah. And so in, in, in the scope of the MB, MVP discussion, uh, you, you just, they're going to get sympathy votes now. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all. They're not going to get any votes if they're not great, but if they're great and maybe just a little bit below, like think about last year, we know how the Lakers season ended badly. LeBron didn't play a lot at the end. He was injured, whatever. But when they were doing relatively okay, Mm -hmm. he was in everyone's MVP discussions, you know, in January Mm -hmm. because he's LeBron James. And I think that Steph and KD will be no different as long as their teams are, you know, playoff relevant plus mm-hmm. probably can't be in 10th seed. Right. Because they're not going to destroy the league metrically yeah. the way Jokic does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, they, they, they've earned that privilege of always being in the discussion. So um, you, you don't got to, you don't got to blow them out statistically to guarantee you win an MVP vote over them, but it, w- it would help too, because if it's close, <laughs> yeah. if it's close and your team isn't the runaway favorite to win, you know, to win the, right. the conference, or to have won the conference in the regular season anyway, then you might get beat by them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting to me because in many ways, and LeBron started earlier than both of them, but they are the three players that sort of define this generation in many ways, right? Um, LeBron and just sort of that all-in-one encompassing, it sounds disrespectful, and I don't mean it this way, but Swiss Army knife, right? And it's, it's Swiss Army knife because... It's like, eh, you're not that, it's not that great of a tool. It's like, if I want a screwdriver, I'm going to get a screwdriver. I don't need a Swiss Army knife. But, you know, I say that to say he can do so many things on the floor, right? And everything and can control a game in so many ways. I think back to one of my favorite moments of his was the finals. They actually lost to the Warriors, not the one with KD, the 25th, the Warriors first title. He had nobody. Kyrie was hurt. Kevin Love was out. He was like, damn, the Warriors play super high tempo, up, up speed fast. We can't do that. I mean, LeBron James are going to grind this game down to a halt. I mean, six games with just LeBron and four dudes. And do, you remember, Dele- do you remember who? Yeah, exactly. You remember who the point guard was? <laughs> yeah, Matthew Della Vadova. I yeah. mean, the fact yeah. that they got the six, that yeah. shows his brilliance, I mean, right? Like, amazing. because they should have gotten blown the hell out, right? Like, with, with nobody on that team. And it's amazing how he's able to control the game in that way. 
And for Curry, of course, it is the, I, I joke, when he shows up to the arena, you got to start guarding him, right? When his car pulls into the parking lot, yo, who, who, where's that dude, right? Because he's redefined geometry on the floor, right? 40 feet is a realistic shot. I mean, it's bad for everybody else, good for him. And that opens up so much more for his teammates, right? That's what makes the Cuisinart so great, right? Everybody can zip all around in space because someone's got to be worried about the dude hanging out at 40 feet because, hell, he might cause problems, right? And his constant motion and movement and catching and running, it is, it's, you know, you wrote a book called Basketball is Jazz, right? I mean, he in so many ways embodies basketball as jazz, right? That improvisation and that constant motion and constant pumming of tunes, right? That is what makes him so great. And of course, his elite shooting. And as you talk about, and we talk about all the time, maybe the best teammate in the history of the NBA. I mean, that, when your superstar can be that open, warm, and welcoming, and let's not, you know, I don't like to use the thing that he has no ego. No, he has plenty of ego. But he's able to subjugate it in a way that makes it fun for everyone else to be around. Draymond, do you. Clay, do you. Katie, you want to be here? Do you. It's fine. I don't care. We're about to win these games and win these championships. That, to me, is, is incredible. I got to start taking notes of the things you say that I want to comment on. There's a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, in terms of greatest teammate, Tim Duncan's there. Oh, yes, for sure. You know, there, there's, there's, a, there's probably a good number. But he, he's amongst the very best because he is one of the best players ever. And to your point on ego, uh, I, I have a huge ego when it comes to my confidence and my competence in that which I know I do well. I don't have any other ego beyond that. It doesn't make me a better human being because I might be able to run a pretty cool play at a timeout or something. <laughs> that doesn't make me a better human than the bus driver or the doctor or whatever. I think that's how Steph is. His confidence is directly related to his talent and production on the court. I don't think he feels like it makes him a better human being unless he continues to do things that good human beings do. <laughs> that's what you have to practice that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, to your point on the three of them, uh, and their impact in games. Uh, I, by the way, I would have added Harden to the list if he was also yeah. going to be his team's best player. Right. But he's not his team's yeah. best player. Yeah. So I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to get any sympathy votes when he's not even the best player on his own team. No. Like, I don't think he has any chance to win MVP. And, and, and I thought he deserved three in a row. He won one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he deserved three in a row, in my opinion. So it's not like I'm not a huge fan. But, but here's one of the special things about those three. And Harden when he was at his best. It's not just, Gerard, it's not just about guarding them when they get, when Steph's case, when he, you know, when he arrives in the parking garage or whatever. It's, he, you're, the guy guarding them isn't only super focused on them. So are the other dudes guarding the other guys on the team. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, okay, I've got my guy, but where's Steph? Where's LeBron? Right? <laughs> where's, uh, where, I mean, Luca's mm -hmm. going there. He's getting there. KD is there. Mm -hmm. So it's what a huge impact that is on defenses when I can't just focus on tracking clay because I got to make sure I'm chipping on Steph or if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm guarding a, you know, Kavon Looney has the easiest shots in the, I love Kavon. He has the easiest shots in the game for a big when you're just screening for Steph and freaking everyone the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And we, I remember, oh, I've talked about this on the show, but. We, we wrote something about this when it happened in major parts of two, of two plays late. I don't remember which series it was. They beat Cleveland because it was, they played them four years in a row. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, big, big buckets late. Tramon Green got dunks in front of the rim. Late in the game. Mm -hmm. And you know how everyone plays hero ball. Well, not Golden State. They ran pinned out or pin in action with mm -hmm. Steph. Mm -hmm. Both Draymond's man and Steph's man hugged Steph. Draymond just stepped to the rim and got dunks. That's Steph Curry. Yep. Nothing against Draymond. He set a screen. I'll let people right. do that. There's right. not the talent in that. Uh, LeBron and, and KD have similar stories mm -hmm. where you just always have to be aware. And, it, and it makes everyone better. It makes yeah. everyone better on your team. Yeah. And those guys have that. For, and they've earned it. They've earned it. Elevating is what, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. And, and then, of course, with KD, who everyone knows, that's my favorite current player in the league. Um, but, you know, when he retires, don't worry, Triple J. You're next up. As soon as KD's gone, it's you, buddy. Um, it is, you know, one of my favorite things about Durant is the, I feel like he's the ultimate fail safe. I need a bucket, dude. Just give, just give me a bucket. We, we can't run anything. 
all right, I'm seven feet tall, just shoot it from the mid-range. And, you know, that mid-range bucket, which for most people somewhere in the low 40s, right, is a 52-point-whatever percent shot for him, right? That's incredible, right? Because that's a, a mid-range shot is difficult for most people, not for someone who's seven feet and can shoot up over the top of people, right? What he can do with his size, handle, get to the rim, all that in his prime. And, you know, when he's engaged on defense, like literally guard one through one through five, one of my favorite plays was that his first final uh, series with, with Golden State. And he came down, hit a three. On the next play, he switches out on Kevin Love, gets a block. It's just like, this is, yeah, th- th- right? It's like the future of basketball is these long seven-foot dudes who can do everything offensively. And when he was with Golden State, one of my favorite plays they ran was they didn't run often. Talk about easy, easy shots for everybody else and making the defense panic. A Curry, Durant pick and roll, everyone's freaking out. Like, ah, what do I do? And, you know, you pause or panic for half a second or a beat, lunch meet, right? Like, because no one knows where they're supposed to be because you're just so deathly afraid. They're going to kill us. And, yeah, they will, right? Because they're, they're that good. So I just thought it was nice for us to, you know, talk about the greatness of those three. And, you know, we, they ain't going to be around forever, right? They're all in their LeBron late 30s, KD and Steph mid 30s. It's, it's going to end soon enough. And I, I just wanted to pay appreciation to it. Yeah, I want to tell two KD stories because one of the, one of the great things about him is uh, uh, his willingness to not try to do everything all the time. So it, it's really it's really a contrast, and it's an interesting one. So one of the things that makes KD amazing is his incredible ability to handle the ball. He isn't ju- he isn't Dirk, which is really just got to shoot over you. I mean, he, Dirk could bully people. He was an amazing player at best probably best European ever, mm-hmm. um, which is saying a lot considering how good our league is. Giannis is probably going to pass him, I think. Or Luka. A- and Jokic and Luka. <laughs> yeah. Probably all. But Dirk was the first mm-hmm. guy the, of the real true elite. So KD can really handle it, but doesn't overdo it. And I, I've told you this before, probably on the show. Many years ago, I talked to Scotty Brooks, former head coach of the Thunder. When he was with the Thunder, I think I asked him this. Maybe he was the assistant coach to the Kings. And I said, how did you make it in the league so long being so little? And he said, oh, uh, everyone just tried to dribble too much. <laughs> and so I, he, he said, one of the things I love about – he was coaching Kevin Martin. That's when it was. He said, one of the things I love about Kevin is you've taught him uh, dribble when you're supposed to dribble. But when you don't need to dribble, don't. You're six foot seven. And Scotty said, I would have been killed by him because he wouldn't try to dribble against me. But in, that, in the NBA, when I played, everyone thought, oh, I'm going to take this little dude. And he's like, that was my game. As soon as they put it down, I'm going to get it like a pit bull. If they just post me up, I was screwed. KD doesn't overdo it. And there's a defensive story, too. And I'm sure I've told this story once before. Uh, I don't know if it was on this show or not. But they're playing Spain. And I want to say the score was 92-90 with seconds to go. Team USA was up. I could be wrong. It was a friendly game. It was before maybe the Olympics. And uh, Spain runs the play. And Rubio ends up getting like a corner three. And Oklahoma City teaches. He was on OKC back then. They teach what their, their contest hand, they call it a stick hand, mm-hmm. which I just love that terminology. That's what I use now. So put your hand in there like a stick and just put it in the way, like bunt the ball. Don't mm-hmm. slap at it. So here's Rudy to shoot the three. Katie is not going to kill himself to go block it. Rico is not a great shooter, even the, though the European three is closer. Katie puts his gigantically long arm up in the air. Ricky throws it right into his hand. It, it bounces away. Rubio scrambles and gets it and takes another one. And KD just puts that big old stick hand up. He doesn't swat at it. He doesn't yeah. risk fouling. And he blocks it again. He <laughs> just literally, Ricky threw it into his hand. And I'm telling you, the discipline required yeah. is part of who he is. It's really, he's such an interesting guy because I would argue he isn't the most disciplined person off the court for different mm-hmm. reasons. We can, mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation. But on the court, you mm-hmm. can't script mm-hmm. a better combination of size, coordination, quickness, mm-hmm. basketball IQ, basketball feel, mm-hmm. and discipline to just do what you're supposed to do to win the play and yep. don't overdo it and cause problems. It's yep. very, very hard to find that. Sure. Most guys with his talent do too much. Look at Jalen Green as one of many examples. I know he's smaller. I don't pick, I'm not picking on Jalen. That's common for young, super talented guys. They do too much. Kevin's just, oh, even in college, you just, yeah. He he got everything he was supposed to get, not a penny more, because it might have come out of some cost because of more turnovers, whatever. It's just really a true genius with that. 
Yeah. Again, the, the, the three players that define the generation for sure. Um, of course, first ballot hall of fame, all that jazz. Oh yeah. You know, just, you know, I- I- incredible. Um, in our show rundown, for those of you that don't know, we do a show rundown prior to, uh, we had a little note in there and I put, uh, farewell and adieu to you Spanish ladies, because in coach Thorpe's, uh, MVP piece, he has that. And those of you who know this is from the film jaws, when, Quint and everybody's on the boat. Richard and they're going to go get the shark yeah, from Dreyfus and yeah, Roy Scheider. Yeah. They're all out yeah, there. Brody. And, yeah. and he's just, they're just singing. You know, and he's like, he just starts singing, farewell. <laughs> and it's like, you know, by the way, do you know Quint was drunk that pretty much the entire time they were filming that? Rob, Robert like, Shaw. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like a nightmare to deal with. Just like yeah. wasted. The I've read, time. I've read a history of that movie. <laughs> they never, I, listen, when I've given speeches to corporations and CEOs, I've cited that. No one ever thought that movie would get finished. No one ever thought it would be purchased or distributed. No one ever thought anyone would go see it. They had problems with the mechanical fake, you know, the fake shark. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's one of the all-time classics. Yeah. All-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically what, what, what's happening is there, he, Quint is describing how his boat, he was in World War II off the Japanese yeah. coast. His yeah. ship is sinking. Here come the sharks. And that's when he starts singing, for well, and you do my old Spanish ladies, meaning death is coming. Like, you're right, done. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Yeah, so and so, I, I don't remember why I wrote about it in the article, but I know well, I put you, it in there. You put it at the end of the of this of the section talking about these three. Not that they're going to die, but yeah. you know, re- death, i.e., retirement or yeah. end of their careers, yeah. is coming soon. So yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. all appreciate them while while they're here. And they, you know, listen, they probably got a run or two left in them. So we we shall see what happens here. Oop, and Coach Thorpe has disappeared. Everybody, hang on. We will be right back. Yeah, so that, you know, Jaws, all that, those guys. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Filmed on Martha's Vineyard, uh, my favorite place of summer. So everybody check that out. Um, so let's get into the MVP discussion. Now, Vegas has their MVP favorites, but Coach Thorpe has his own list of MVP favorites. And he has a special formula he came up with. So before we even get into who Vegas has, well, who Coach has, Coach, how did you come up with your very fancy and particular <laughs> scientific formula? So basically, uh, I don't vote for the MVP and really never care much about it other than it's a topic that fans seem to like. So I pay attention that way. Um, It's not just based on metrics, but if you have incredible metrics, you have to win. Jokic, everyone wanted Embiid to win last year in the narrative sense. And that's part of my formula is you got to think about narrative. Uh, You also think about how good the team did. Well, there was no narrative saying Jokic should win again last year. His team wasn't particularly all that great because of the injuries they had to MPJ and, and Murray. And yet he won as, as well as he should have because his metrics destroyed Metrically everyone. Right. Insane. So yes. when it's closer together, when there's more guys that have similar metric scores, then you got to start looking at narrative. LeBron has a narrative about him. Steph has a narrative about him. KD, we just talked about that. Uh, who knows what else could happen this year to create that narrative? You know, if Dallas, if part of if part of the narrative is look how good the team did, if Dallas is top three in the West with really one All Star, uh, unless Christian Wood blows up, but let's say he doesn't blow up and they're still top three, well then Luca and Luca puts up great metrics that aren't necessarily that much better than some of the others, then he he his narrative goes up because look at what he did without those other guys. MB's got a strong narrative case. This year, if he plays great, because he almost he would have won in a lot of years last year. Jokic is just so much better than everybody. I think Giannis has something. I mean, when you think about he's got two. Uh, I think he's the second best player in the world. Some people think he's the best player. I, I understand why they say that. Uh, there's a narrative. Wow. He, you know, this guy probably needs to be separate from Steve Nash, who has two. Because these voters mm-hmm. who are many of friends of ours, they're thinking about the history yeah, so that's all part of it. Yeah. And so as I kind of, I didn't, I didn't really want to handicap it so much as just here, here's what Vegas said. Here's how I see. I think it, it, it could play out. Of course, everyone they said has a good ranking could win it too. Yeah, Luca, you know, Giannis, all these mm-hmm. names are the same. You know, it's funny. Um, you mentioned uh, our friends of ours who vote and the idea, because this is the history. I always say this, the, the, the sports writers who vote for, all the awards and all the four official major professional sports in North America. They are keepers of the history of the game. Now, baseball writers take their shit way too seriously and they're nuts <laughs> and like do all sorts of stupid, ridiculous things. But you are telling the history of yeah. the game. And it's so interesting because Nash, a two-time MVP. I don't think anybody would say Steve Nash is a better player than Kobe Bryant, for instance. 
but he's got two, Kobe's got one, right? Like it's all these interesting things about, huh, if someone's only had two, but this one, historically, that means they're better, but were they better, right? Or was it the narrative that held? What are the different factors? And there's so many other things that go into well, play here. So that's a really good point. So Nash, I don't know that he deserved any based on what people, I don't remember following as close to metrics. I was covering the NBA then, but I didn't really pay as much attention even then that I do now. I, I had different focuses, but the Suns were changing the league. And so yes. th- when you said narrative with Nash, that, I think that's yes. what it was. Mm-hmm. They, I know yes. I can tell you this. They were this, it was the sexiest franchise in sports. I was able mm-hmm. to catch mm-hmm. them a few times on the road when I'd go see uh, friends of mine playing in other games. And it was a big deal to see the Suns play. And, and they oh, yeah. play slowly compared to how they play now. The NBA, I mean, not yeah. the Suns. But uh-huh. uh, it was faster than everyone then, more or less. And mm-hmm. it was just a different brand of basketball. And this, you know, yeah. five out, all that kind of stuff. With mm-hmm. Everyone shooting threes and a lot of threes. You know, Dentoni, that's as much an award for Dentoni as anyone because of the way the Suns yep. played. He, he, he was really, I mean, D'Antoni really an, a, a, a basketball genius in many ways and really ahead of the time in terms of how he sees the game of basketball. Um, but anyway, that's all interesting. It's funny that you mentioned that, and I, it's, you know, Henry always has a rule, no quizzes on the show, but I have a quiz for you. Do you know the one advanced metric that over the last 12 years, 15 years, is more often than not proven to give out who the MVP award is? This winner is this advanced metric, not a stat? Advanced, advanced, it's, it's an advanced stat. Is it stat, PER? Yeah. No, it? it is basketball references, win, win share. shares yeah, yeah, per yeah, 48. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That almost yeah. every time, and in the last 10 years, the person who was number one in winches for 48 has won the MVP. The only time it didn't happen, 2016, 2017. You know who was number one in winches for 48 that year? Kevin Durant. You know who won the MVP that year? Russell Westbrook. Say, he was, was like 10 yeah. for 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because that yeah. was a triple-double yeah. one. That was the Correct. narrative. So this Correct. is why I, I, that- I try to focus on uh, voters. Are, I wrote this. Voters are human beings. They're, they can be swayed by lots of different things. And so... So we've talked about the parody of the league. Well, if there, if there is indeed a parody of stars, which I think there is, uh, you're going to have a bunch of guys bunched together. Narrative's going to make a big difference. Yeah. For sure. And it's funny about that narrative because we decided triple-double meant everything right. that year, but we decided after that right. it didn't matter because you have triple-double right. two more times and didn't finish right. top five. Was it like, was stupid. So I guess it only mattered yeah. that one time. That, I think that <laughs> 16, was that, was that a year I thought Harden should have got it? I know you said Durant. Was Harden also yeah, incredible? Um, you, Harden was like and two Houston or three was unbelievable. Year, yeah, yeah unbelievable. I thought Harden should have yeah. got it, but um, yeah. But is it, but win shares for forty eight, yeah. right? Because that is, and for those that don't know, what that stat uh, does is it tells how many wins per forty eight minutes, the length of a regulation basketball game, do you contribute to your team? Um, and it, I just thought it's outstanding. Yeah. If you actually you look back, one of one of Nash's years that he won MVP, Chris Paul should have won yeah. that year. Interesting, um, because he was number one in win shares yeah. for forty eight, and it's just like it, it's just a. It's a strange thing, but nar- this is coach's point. Yeah. Narrative plays such a yep. big part in this because, as you said, not computers voting. Human yep. beings are voting. So what tells the better story? All right, so let's look at Vegas's top five, and then we'll talk about uh, why Vegas has them as, as, as yeah. the favorites. Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic. So I think it's pretty fairly easy to see why Vegas has those guys, right? Luka, of course, uh, the young phenom in the league, tw- is he even 22 yet? Yeah. Okay. 2022. So. She's so young. Um, maybe just barely 22. Embiid, of course, runner up again last year. So, as Coach mentioned, if not for Jokic's year last year, that's an MVP yeah. season every time. But, you know, right. you had Jokic. Giannis, of course, you figure, okay, maybe they had a down year. They didn't win. Go back and win. He's still a preeminent force. He can win. Durant, that's the sympathy vote you talked about, right? And also, oh, he's going back to Brooklyn. They're keeping it all together. And it's also the Vegas point of, Public people like famous yeah. people. Kevin Durant's a famous person, right? So it's like, oh, I know that name. Let's vote. A lot of public money going that way. And then, of course, Nikola Jokic. You can't not have him top five because he's a back-to-back MVP. Though it will likely take a Herculean, not only statistical effort, but narrative effort to have him win three consecutive. The last person to win three consecutive. I wrote it. I wrote it. Yeah, Larry Bird. Yeah, Bird. I wrote that. Awesome. because yeah. that, That's really was my point is uh the, he, he, these voters are also caretakers of the game and so uh do you want Jokic to be the first three times straight winner when bird was the last one bird is an iconic and deservedly so figure in the nba history books 
is Nikola Jokic better than Larry Bird right now? Oh, already? yeah. Yeah. I think so. There's no question of that. But uh, they, anyway, seven feet, he's a seven foot Larry Bird is what he is. Um, Bird happened to be on this incredible team. You know, Red Albrecht was a very good game uh, uh, a manager uh, in terms of you know being a GM, the te- the talent he brought in, whatever. Um, but yeah, as an overall impact, I, I would I would want Jokic before I want Larry Bird. Uh, and I was and I loved Bird. I loved Bird and Magic. Ironically, uh, they were my two favorite guys. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a very conflicting no, heart. They just you played. Have there, <laughs> they played the right way. They just super competitive. And yeah. they made passing cool again. They really did. Mm-hmm. They made simple mm-hmm. passes, not just amazing passes, which he and Magic both had yep. those two. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, real quick on Giannis, it's, it's mm-hmm. so easy to forget. They didn't have Chris Middleton. And they yep. lost to the Celtics in seven. seven. They were up 3-2. Yeah. 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 They could have easily won that series. his three-point shooting. Uh, he's not improved his shooting. I watched him in the Euro basket. He still can't shoot. And, um, but he's going to bring it every night. He's, he's a very safe, if you were betting, he's a very safe bet. He's almost for sure going to be top three because they're going to be very good. Very, yes, very good. And he just brings it. He just plays so freaking hard all the time. I, I, yeah, I, sure. Here's another movie reference. I don't know if, I don't know if I made in the final draft because I wrote it last week and I, for, I wrote another one coming out right now about Euro basket that any minute it'll come out. But uh, I compared him to the Terminator. Just always coming. He just doesn't take a play off. And then I heard someone speaking at a podcast recently where there, it was someone, maybe it may have been Tim Bontemps on Zach's on Zach Lowe's pod, where he was talking to some Celtics guys after the the series. And they were like, whoo boy, we're glad we're done with that series. I mean, not that they didn't have to play another really good team afterwards, but that team doesn't have Giannis. That dude is a fucking monster because he just never stops. And there is a way in which a lot of players don't stop. But when you're a seven-foot freak, physical freak who right. doesn't stop, that wears on you, not just emotionally, but physically, right? It's like, I can't. Yeah. I got, no, I'm not getting in the what, way of that, dude. Like, I'm one, of the, uh, <laughs> one of the things that the average fan and coach doesn't understand is when you, when you get to coach high-level high school players, but, you're, but it's a public school, which means you also have regular-looking people. It's not, it's not um, uh, uh, Mott Bird where – Okay, yeah, everyone was point yeah, guard yeah. six foot five. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was coaching teams where I had six, 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 seven centers and you know, five foot nine guards. You know, <laughs> we were very good, but the six foot seven center who was 315 pounds, he ended up being a high level 12 year pro. When he just turned his elbows, that was at half my team's head and mouth. <laughs> and so I was always, it's just no fun to play against those guys because you're always worried you're gonna get busted no. in the chops. You know, and, and, and he was a, a fucking physical, aggressive player, but he didn't want to hurt his teammates at all. Yeah, and so that's Giannis. Sure. He, everyone's at his elbow level. He's because he's yeah. all elbows and there and yeah. there's muscles packed around those elbows. He's just a fucking I mean, monster to deal with, man. Guarding Giannis, guarding Embiid, guarding Jokic. These are behemoth giant men. It's like. Again, I don't want to do that. Have you ever seen, Gerard, have you ever seen some of these, maybe on TikTok? I I don't have TikTok, but sometimes I put it on Instagram or Twitter. So the guys that are jumping over racing cars, so you're standing still. Okay. That's what it looks like in transition defense when Giannis is coming with the ball. (laughs) I I swear, these defenders are like, all right, here he comes. He's right-handed, going left. Like, what is he going to do? And they're just screwed. (laughs) Like, they don't want to get embarrassed. They're not trying to make the stop. Please make, I don't want to quit. So I got to pretend that I'm ply- trying, but I don't want to get dunked on. I don't want to foul him because he's definitely going to get an and one. Right. And that ha- sometimes right. they just foul him out of panic. You know, like, it's like you're seeing these animals in the jungle. They run away from the crocodile, right to the other crocodile, right to the lion. Like these guys panic. They, you know, they're thinking, don't foul Giannis, don't foul Giannis, don't foul Giannis. Then they fucking hammer wow. him. This happened in the Eurobasket a lot because those guys are not used to dealing with Giannis. Because there's more than one right. guy like right. Giannis, like, for example, LeBron and KD in transition, whatever. Right. And these fucking four right. guys, like, Giannis making a move, and I'm just thinking, don't foul, don't foul, <laughs> hack, and one. And they're just like, oh, fuck, what happened there? It's just too fast. The game was too fast for them. And him. they're so strong. So strong. The foul doesn't even work. Right. You can't even stop them. The foul doesn't but he even can, work. He can they go decelerate. Right he changes direction. He's a, there's a fluidity to Giannis. He's yeah. not the most fluid yeah. guy. And that's part of his, I think, his mystique is he's just so mechanical 
in the way he plays, mm-hmm. but it's bloodthirsty in the best way. But yeah. he's fluid enough to yeah. be able to maneuver around you also with some savvy and some craft. There's there, there's nuance to his game that's really special, but it's all yeah, driven by this motor. I he's always in kill mode. He's on, and so that's yeah. why he's such a safe bet for MVP is unlikely he's not going to have just a, a incredible year. I mean, a down year is going to be what twenty six, ten, and five yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, well, did right? you see, I mean, did you see the stat I, mean? I wrote, like, Gerard? I he's had twenty eight, at least twenty eight, eleven, and five for four straight years. Like that's only happened a couple of times. Kareem did it like in the seventies, <laughs> right? In the history Once. of like <laughs> this guy's done it four straight years. Yeah, he's gonna. That's why he's very close to being in the honorary category, no matter what. Yes. Because he's gonna go. Yeah. Honestly, he's gonna compete. If he wins even one more ring, he's in a lot of people's yeah. top five, top six all time. What no, I people question. have never done what this guy's doing every year. Two MVPs, yeah. uh, a DPOI, uh, and, and, two rings. Right. No, what, yeah, get a second ring and the first ring. He had what is it, fifty points in Game Six? Is that what it was? Oh 50? 50, 50 yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, it was like this guy. Yeah. he's one of. The, he's definitely <laughs> gonna go down as one of the best ever. And it's, you know, you look back at that finals, man. And, you know, because as we talk about it all the time on this show, it's so hard to get there, right? Like, fucking Phoenix, you're up to, like, right? Yeah, it's like, we you had it. You we had were doing our show after every game, you yeah. and I. At night. And yeah. I picked Milwaukee to win in six. So we're 1 0, and you're very gracious about it. We're talking, and then we're down, let's say we, my the team I chose is down 2 0. Yeah. Oh. And I just, I, if you go back and listen, you could hear me say they probably aren't going to win. They've got to win four or five, but. <laughs> I, I still think they're the better team, Gerard. I really do. <laughs> I think they're the better that. team. And then they just, here they go. But then for that game six yeah. where he's just, you know, 17 of what, 18 oh, yeah. from the line or whatever. And that's, yeah. that has yeah. improved. He was, he was over 70 something percent mm-hmm. in Eurobasket too. So yeah. Like when you said a down year is 26, he's probably scoring 28 to 30 a game. Uh, Brooke Lopez is back. He's back and healthy some, from some day week. one. Um, yeah, I, I, Middleton, Middleton, of course, is back. Drew. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he's they're going to be a top three in the East, and he's going to be amazing. They're going to be in the mix. So for coaches, uh, top MVP, he grouped them into categories. We talked about Steph, KD, and LeBron already, and of course, he mentioned Giannis is a safe bet. But coach, I want you to talk about the player who you predicted to be MVP last year. Of course, you didn't know he's going to be hurt, but by all accounts, and I've seen stuff and I've heard from people, he's looking great. So let's talk about the big man in New Orleans, Zion Williamson. Well, that's where the whole article came about. I don't typically write about what oddsmakers are saying or writing. But um, I saw what one place had him at 5,001. And I called uh, our editor, Travis, and said, uh, I've never put a dime on, a, on an NBA event in my life. <laughs> put it on that. But I, I'm thinking about <laughs> calling my brothers and saying, guys, let's put mm-hmm. this is... Like he has a real chance to win this. And, and so as soon as people hear this, his odds are going to get better. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually know. I mean, I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you the truth. No, I have impacted will, some, some uh, Vegas odds before, apparently, <laughs> um, because some Sharpies listen to me. This is what Vegas people tell me. So, um, but I'm, I'm not going to gamble, so I don't really care. But I'm not predicting him to win. I'm just saying for those odds, the team is really fucking good. Uh, here's how good they are. The Eurobasket MVP, Willie uh, Hernan Gomez, uh, who's on their team, who did well for them last year. He scored nine points a game in like 16 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. He's an impactful player. I don't think he's going to play for them. He, and he's good. He's a solid guy. <laughs> he's so good. He, he I just think good. they're loaded. And they're, yeah. they're, they're all, everyone but Zion has been in camp. I think Zion is supposed to come today is what I've heard. I have no idea if he will, but that, you know, and talking to people, they think he'll be there very quickly. Um, they're yeah, they're really talented. And if they're top four in the West, he he destroys the league. He's Giannis. He really is Giannis. He he has a zeal for playing and diving and competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's unguardable physically, and he's got enough skill and quickness. Um, they're going to win a bunch of games. CJ is a really a great leader. Mm-hmm. Great, great, very good, leader. underrated very because good leader. Damian's such good at such a good presence and the face of a franchise. But mm-hmm. CJ, I think, was a great acquisition for them. Bi is there doing his thing. He's been in New Orleans training. I think Zion's going to have a monstrous season. I mean, I-, I said this, and we said this on the show a couple of times. Why can't New Orleans be what Memphis was last season? It's a really good call by I, you. I mean. 
really good. No one had Memphis winning, uh, being a top two seed. I think their over-under was like 42 and a half last year, and they killed that. Why can't New Orleans do the same thing again? Assuming Zion's we, So let's play that game a little bit. So if, if I said name two teams that are likely to really outplay their projected wins, without even knowing this win totals in front of you, I would agree with you that New Orleans is likely to be one. Who would the other one be? In the West. I mean, I'm giving you a, a West. Because I think I know who it's. I mean, I, I know who I'd pick. Interesting. Well, uh, are you leaning Dallas? No, no I'm probably stupid for that. Because Christian Wood is very good. I just because because you're because you're, you're higher on Wood than yeah. me. I'm like, eh, I yeah, don't know. I, I don't. Either, I, I agree with you though. I don't know either because what he just it's he did it for a team. He's very talented. He did it for a team that wasn't trying to win. I think the Lakers can really be a surprise team. Yes, that's you've been talking about them for all summer, Coach. Folks, pay yeah. attention. Coach Thorpe has been on this Lakers train all yeah. summer. And they long. just signed he, Dennis Schroeder. They did just sign Dennis Schroeder again. This all. We're assuming LeBron and AD play at least 60 games because if they don't, it doesn't matter. Absolutely correct. But if those two do that, there's no reason they shouldn't be. I think so. I think they've got some other players. they got younger guys. Kendrick Nunn is back practicing. And Mm -hmm. and I just Mm -hmm. remember being in the NBA Finals. When when he came back, he gave the Heat a jolt. He gave the Heat a real jolt. He's a good two-way player. He's actually a good primary ball handler, better than people realize. Um, He's got a little fuck you attitude, which I think plays great next to LeBron. Like, he ain't going to be scared. You know, Amon Shumper was kind of the same way. Um, I like their inside guys. I like Austin Reeves. If you look at ISO scores last year, Austin Reeves did really well in isolation (laughs) because because of the guys around him frequently. So, and I I like Darvin Ham a ton. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what Darvin Ham does. Austin Reeves made me think of something. I know you saw it. Remember that 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 meme or that that clip that came out last year, where Austin and LeBron are talking about something on the court, and LeBron like either asked him a question or whatever, and Austin goes, "Yeah," da-da-da, and LeBron gives him some kind of answer, and Austin's eyes just go, "Oh, really? No, I haven't seen like, this." It's just his eyes just fuck <laughs> out of his head, like. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I th- <laughs> and I, I think about this. This is where I think LeBron's made a huge mistake. All of his career, as we've written about and talked about on True Hoop, he's wanted to be surrounded with old people because they're mm-hmm. so dependable. You know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I understand why. They come to work yeah, on time. I understand. Yeah, I get it. yeah. I think he's made a mistake, and here's why. As someone who lives in Tampa now and never cared until – and I barely care now, but in the year of my dad's death, I am kind of paying attention to the Buccaneers because he was a Buccaneer fan beginning in 76 when I was 11 years old when they first came. Uh, the offensive line playing with Tom Brady is just – I, I just imagine how much you're learning, not just as a lineman, a receiver, running back, mm-hmm. tight end. Mm-hmm. What, what has that guy not seen? What is mm-hmm. that? And, and, and he's an old man physically, but he's mm-hmm. in his 40s. His brain isn't dead yet. The brain yeah, shark. Right. So mm-hmm. anything new, any new wrinkle coming down the pike in the NFL, Tom Brady will process it faster, assimilate it quicker, mm-hmm. uh, uh, teaches his, his guys in the trenches yep. much better. And so whoever plays with him just going to continue to grow at a faster rate than normal. And I feel like LeBron is Tom Brady that way. He, we know he's done crazy, that with guys. brilliant yeah. basketball mm-hmm. brain. He's seen everything. And so old guys can learn fast. I'm not saying they can't, but they're old physically. So these young guys who now get a chance to learn from him, like Austin Reeves last year, Mm-hmm. They can get their brains blown all their minds blown all the time and learn. <laughs> and if those guys are healthy and they'll win, it's easier to learn when you're winning. It really is. It's easier yeah, to take it sure. in. So yeah, that's a big component is, is, is LeBron being a mentor while he's kicking ass. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think we've mentioned this before. It, it's one of the cruel ironies of sport is that when you're elite and that processing, that computer chip brain, in your late 30s and late 40s, that's when it is at its peak of its powers, right? I can process everything lightning fast. Little problem is my physical body cannot do everything at the same speed, right? So it's a bizarre thing. In my 20s, body's got it. Mine may not be fully there yet, but athletically, I can do it. Now, brain's got it all under control. I just can't get the old bones to do it, do it as fast as they need to. It's a it's a really just interesting, yeah. interesting paradox. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, Jordan talked about that in uh, in his last dance where you know he just relied on his physical play and then when that started slipping mentally he could do it not everyone can you know jordan also has that brain yeah um i've said this so many times these guys could be physicists or grandmaster chess players they're 
it's such a mistake to think they're just athletes or also hard workers who can work on their physical game. Um, they, uh, they just, yeah, I, I've said this show maybe once before, you know, the game Frogger, did I tell you about this? Mm-hmm. Like that, yep. that to me was, a, that's how my brain works is I can just assimilate that shit super fast. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it wasn't fun for me. It was so fucking easy. Whereas <laughs> Missile Command or whatever I was, it, I grew right. up in the age of video game arcade <laughs> machines. Like yeah, yeah. when you're 15, that's what you did on a Friday night. I didn't party when I was that age. I went to video games all night. I was super, you know, played arcade games with friends in places and drank, you know, soda. Um, <laughs> these guys have those kind of brains where they just see these patterns. Yeah. I mean, they'd be unbelievable fighter pilots, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, there's just that's how their brains are. It just happens they be they're great athletes and they're really tall. They play basketball without question. All right, so we made the case for Zion. Let us make the case now for someone else in your top. In your you have a top six for Joel Embiid. Well, he's got the narrative on his side, as you already mentioned, you know, the runner up last year and really mm-hmm. like right there to be, did he lead the league in scoring last year? Yeah. He yeah, might have led the league. So he's, he's mm-hmm. clearly one of the best players in the world. And uh, I, I have a hard time buying the Sixers as a favorite, but um, mm-hmm. they had a PJ Tucker, like Harden seems to be in shape now, not amazing shape, but that good matters. Enough, matters. So they'll have a better start to the year. He's going to be their best player, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, they can, you know, all these teams probably got to finish top three because the teams, uh, the players are all going to have similar numbers, I think. So they could be top mm-hmm. three. And then Embiid's got a real shot. So so in the East, because we're figuring the three best teams are, for Philly's sake, it's got to be Philly, Boston, and uh, Milwaukee, right? Like those are, but then you got, what about Miami? And they slide in there. And where does Toronto fit? And, and, where does Brooklyn fit? If it all Brooklyn, of course. I mean, people keep sleeping <laughs> right. on Brooklyn, and that's why yeah, if they just decide, you know what? Let's just play right. ball. Kyrie this year. and <laughs> Ben Simmons, just just be the old Ben Simmons, just be the old Ben Simmons. And and this could matter because this is a contract year for Irving. Right after this year, he's a free agent. What team is gonna look? Kyrie could also be like, I quit basketball. I'm yeah, gonna go do whatever. We, that could happen. Yeah, that's he had a he had a bad but, weekend. He, yes, he had a terrible yeah. weekend. Um, he could also be like, now nah, I want to play. I want to get one more yeah. bag. Well, no one's giving you no. any bag based on what they saw no, last or year. this weekend. So he's got to be in his mind. I'm going to be a good soldier this year, play my ass off yeah. all NBA level. If they do that, Katie's Katie, Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. Right. We can't forget That's, them. Yeah. And then I think, uh, I think Atlanta can be, I Atlanta. think Atlanta can be sneaky. Oh, good. Shit. Yeah. East is going to be so With DeJounte so Murray. So yeah. Oh. They, um, their starting five last year was like the best. They might have the best plus minus in the league. And now you bring in DeJounte instead of Herder. Yeah, they can be really mm-hmm. good too. Um, okay. I, or the, the next two we can make a case for us. So I'll save them for the end. Let's make a case for Jason Tatum. I'm going to go with the, he has revenge on his mind. He was upset last year. He was hurt. Didn't perform up to his standards in the NBA finals. He wants to taste it again and get back. He had a, Summer to rehab this time and, and recover. No Olympics, no Eurobasket, because, you know, we don't play Eurobasket in America, obviously. Um, so he's ready. And Boston, I mean, this is essentially the same exact team as last year with Malcolm Brogdon at point guard now, right? A little more steadying force. I could easily see Tatum ascend to that. All right, I'm, I'm now that dude. So there's a couple of things with him. One is uh, we wrote an article, I want to say it was December of last year, basically saying he's having a terrible season, but don't worry. I watched, I, I watched tape. I was expecting to write about why he's struggling. And all I saw was missing shots. Just he missing normally shots. makes don't panic Boston fan. I didn't predict he'd be first home NBA, but he was. And he, he dominated the playoffs to the finals where he ran out of gas. So if Boston surges, if Boston has the year Phoenix had last year and everyone else is winning, you know, 45 to 53 games and they win 64, which is going to be hard because there's so few easy wins. Um, And he's their best player, and he's a two-way player. If he continues to be a two-way player, so people think he's up for defensive player of the year uh, or first-team all-defense, either one. It's obviously one and the same. And he's their best offensive player and scoring 26 a game, whatever. Yeah, he's going to get some votes. He deserves them. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, building off that first team All NBA from last year, right? I, I just I see, and Yaduko's going to have them hungry again. And look, we we talk about this all the time. You think, oh, don't worry, you'll be back to the finals Maybe next not. year. We know none of that stuff. That stuff's no, not guaranteed. No, no. So, you know, I, I could see him coming out with a real chip on his shoulder and doing that. 
Um, it will be difficult, and we talked about it, but let's make the case for him. Nikola Jokic, the first three-time winner since Larry Bird in the 80s. I think it will have to be like you said about Boston. They have to have right. that Phoenix year where they win 60-some games, which means they're going to have to have Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back. But do Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back and then winning 60 games say, oh, the reason why they won 60 games is because he has help now and he's not so, that good. So to me, that's why I wrote uh, he isn't a favorite in my eyes, even though he might end up having the best season metrically. So he's got to destroy everyone again, and they've got to be the best team in the league which, by the way, could happen if those guys are healthy. Like the, D- Denver. I, lo- I love them Denver, offensively. Yeah, all for sure. Denver and Jokic has proved defensively a lot. If, if he is still the best player in the league, like on EPM, win share per 48, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Denver wins 63, 64 games, and number two seed is 55, he'll win the third one in a row. That's just a hard thing. If they win 55 yeah. games and are a three seed, and he beats the league up metrically, he won't win. I don't think okay. he'll win. The narrative won't, won't win the day for him. But if he destroys the league yeah. and the Nuggets destroy the league, he's going to be the he's going to be undoubtedly the best player in the world, not just some eyes, but everyone's eyes, and then he could really win it again. Yeah. And how do you think? Um, I know we talked about it before. You said if you were coaching Denver and you're Malone, you'd be like, "All right, you're not coming to touch a ball till yeah. October." How do we think um, he's going to be? You know, energy wise coming into the season. Given you know, I looked it up. He only averaged 25 minutes a game. So, Ooh, yeah, and they didn't make it that far. Into the, I think it lost in the round of 32. Six, yeah, I don't yeah, think they got yeah. to 16. Maybe it did, but I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, he should have a couple more weeks. I wouldn't have him touch anything till you know, September 27th is camp. I'd probably wait till October 1, and then I think it'd be fine. And he's also a competitive guy. He wants to win, and uh, he, gets his, he gets his studs back. So they really have no excuses. I just... God, I just really want, like, Denver's going to be on league pass for sure. I just need a healthy Michael Porter Jr. Please, no back issues. I think Murray will be fine. Because, again, if those three are clicking, you know, that's going to be some. Yeah, Jamal Murray, to me, is the guy that on paper you would think someone like a a purist like myself may not love. But I wouldn't like him. 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 (laughs) I I, first of all, I love him as a teammate. I'll never forget when he was out in the bubble, just. First guy off the bench all the time. He was so amazing. I also remember him killing the Jazz uh, the year prior to that, where uh, he was scoring 50 a couple of times. It was just, or maybe that was the same series, actually, in the bubble. I forget now. But uh, it was the bubble, that was yeah, the bubble sure one. Yeah, then he got hurt afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's, just, he's a gunner, but I think he wants to win for, with the right, for the right reasons and just isn't a great passer. But competitive dude. And... Um, Calvin Booth is their new GM with Tim Conley. Mm-hmm. I like Calvin a lot. I'm rooting for him. Um, yeah, they, I mean, like you say, they could be, they could be the best team in the West if all three of those guys play to their capabilities. They're as talented as there may be more talent than anyone because Jokic is so good. A lot of late nights watching Mountain Time basketball in our future, Coach. For sure, I'll <laughs> be doing that. All right, and this is an easy one, but again. Let's make the case for Luka Doncic. He, so this is year yeah. four. In the, he's already been All-NBA three times? No, two times. And first I think two times. Two yeah. times. Uh, I mean, this look, I, I don't know that he can get – well, you, you, you as the basketball coach tell me. How much better at basketball can oh, he Oh, I think he get a lot better. Two, the two main things okay. would be shooting, right? It's unfair. Not a, not a great it's, shooter. It's unfair if he shooter. is. <laughs> that's not fun for the rest of the league like that's he's like durant and curry where you always right, have to right. think about him except when he's on the perimeter you're like Woo-hoo! let him let him stay out there and hope for the best well not if he's at 38 right. plus percent and then i think right. he can engage a lot more defensively on and off the ball if he just yeah. really devotes and it's hard for him because he's asked to do so much offensively like he was for slovenia but um if he just like that's why i love tatum so much Kawhi. Paul George, mm-hmm. who I even gave some little credit to. If, if, if the Clippers yeah, can end up being sure. a top three seed and Kawhi plays 30 games, Paul, and Paul George is the reason, he's going to get some votes. Mm-hmm. Deservedly yeah. so. And they're good. They're a good team. But, yeah, I think Luka can do a lot more defensively. And uh, it's, I think it's part of his growth process. And if he can do that, if he can end up being, even if he's just considered a solid defender and is the big game's best mm-hmm. offensive player, he'll get, he'll get a lot of votes. Well, I think he needs to look no further than Stephen Curry. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly right. Steph, right. Stephen Curry is not a turnstile on defense, right? He knows where he's supposed to be. You can't just push yeah. him around, right? And he is engaged. Yeah. You can do that. You're, 
and he's bigger. So people really can't push you around. Totally right. Um, you know, so for Luca, Jokic only played 25 minutes in your basket. I think Luca played way more. 32. Okay. Okay. And more games. Another round, around further. Yeah. And and he was asked to do a ton, even more than Jokic, probably because he's more. He has the ball in his hands more. He did. I was not happy with his defense in the Eurobasket, but again, he's carrying everything offensively for them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's gonna Luca's gonna have he's, he's gonna be in the mix because uh, he's and he's in shape. Remember, he hasn't always shown up in shape. Well, yeah, he, yeah that's right. He's so, in shape now. He, so Euro as basket, long as yeah. you're not just pounding beers these next two weeks, right? <laughs> Lim- limit to a six pack, Luca. Um, you know, drink some light beer. Uh, then I think he's gonna start the season off really good. And that's going to give him a heck of a chance. He he can put up one of those crazy metric years like Jokic has done. I mean, he's a he's a triple double. Like he's a right. Yeah. He could easily do twenty seven nine and yeah. eight or yeah. whatever. You know, something crazy right. like that. I mean, LeBron type number. And remember, right? Brunson's not there. So even though Christian Woods there, he's yes. not a guard. And so Luca might mm-hmm. have the ball in his hands even more. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Spencer and Tim Hardaway yeah. Jr. Jason Kidd does with that. Technically three guard lineup, even though Luke is really like a four a forward because he's six nine or whatever, yeah, however right. tall he is. But that that'll be interesting to see. Um, Eurobasket, you mentioned uh, just wrapped up. Coach Spain, the Eurobasket champions. You mentioned Willie Hernan Gomez, who you said is not going to get that no. much playing time uh, on, on the Pelicans. What were some of the things you liked that you saw uh, in Eurobasket? So two two things by Spain. First is, and I wrote about this uh, for today, is you know they, they I call you know we have the Cuisinart. And for Golden State and Utah, they call it the Blender, which is a great name. They were number one offense last year. Think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're tearing the team apart having the best offense in the league. And Rudy Gobert, by the well, way. Um, uh, something wasn't right, right there. Spain's offense, I call the Flamenco. I, I did some research, Gerard. <laughs> I studied, like, I, I came up with some adjectives describing their offense. And then I looked up the different Spanish words that would capture that. And Flamenco is, you know, uh, complex, lots of movement, whatever. It is a mm-hmm. really interesting, intricate, nuanced offense that can go old school, which is classic high pick and roll. Uh, they'll run some uh, uh, floppy action. I, we put it in a GIF where they just ran a simple floppy for three in the corner for Wancho Aaron and Gomez, who was MVP of the yeah, hell of a hell of a night mm-hmm. for the parents. He was MVP of the game. His <laughs> older brother was MVP of the tournament. Pretty fucking good night. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. So they I, and I think more teams should do that. More teams in the NBA. Most teams in the NBA. Don't get real tactical. Well, Golden State does, and Utah does, and they it's probably the two best offenses without three or four all-stars like Brooklyn has had in that one year they mm-hmm. were so great mm-hmm. because of what they run. And I and Spain so Spain's they call it tactics in Europe. Their tactical mm-hmm. offense is really something that should be copied by a lot of these younger teams like Houston and Orlando. Let those yeah. guys build in that platform. Let the, the, you can always pick up a guy that can score at will on his own, add right. that into the mix. The other thing is they're leading their number two player is an American named Lorenzo Brown. It's kind of bullshit, by the way. They naturalized Lorenzo Brown. And he, he was an all <laughs> first team all league uh, uh, all tournament player. He was amazing. But um, he only played 25 minutes a game. And Willie Aaron Gomez played 21, 21.7. They no one in their no one on Spain's team played in the top 60 minutes per game as they rank it. Top 60. Do you think that's a coincidence that they not. won? I don't. Yeah. They, and they had their best game in the last game. They pounded France. They had their best game. They, went, they, they were 18th out of 24 teams in three-point shooting percentage going into the game. And they went 15 for 31. This was a fresh. And they were swarming. They forced 19 turnovers by France. Only had nine themselves. Swarming all over the place with average athletes for the most part. I think there's a lesson to be learned there. So, And then the other thing would be Franz Wagner. Really, yeah, I mean, a few guys did well, mm-hmm. but really, his, he continued his regular season swagger as a rookie for Orlando. There's reason to hope he's a Gordon Hayward kind of player, two-way mm-hmm. player, where he's going to be bumping into all-star considerations for years. That's a big like plus that. for Orlando. That's guy we got Paolo and Jalen Suggs, yeah. Jonathan Isaac's still there, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba yeah. as a backup. They have a lot they of, a lot of young a lot talent. Of, and Cole Anthony played well last year. Yeah. yeah. Franz looks like he's going to be one of their mainstays. Um, you know, you mentioned Spain. Uh, we'll go back to Wagner in a minute. So, and, and their tactics. Um, one of the plays that every, just about 
every team runs now is some variation of Spain okay. pick and roll, right? Um, for our, our novice listeners, what is the difference between a Spain pick and roll and a traditional? So a, a, pick and, a ball screen is typically a man screening for a guy with the ball. And, and what they call Spain action, which started with, I think, the Gasol brothers, is so you imagine a screen roll at the top, okay? So let's say I screen, I'm the big. So I'm, I'm Pau Gasol. I screen for you at the top and I start rolling. All right. But I, there's already a guy down there and he goes and screens for me. So he's screening whether you switch or don't. Whoever's marking me is now getting screened. And now it's a, it's a back screen. So now the mm-hmm. problem is right. the guy with the ball can go score if you don't defend him well. The roller is getting back screen for a lob or an easy pass at the rim. Mm-hmm. The guy setting the back screen, if he can shoot like Marcus Saul in the later, later in his career, could set that back screen and then pop out for three. And now you've got a three-point shooter, a driver, and a roller at seven feet tall. That's Spain pick and roll. Yeah, we ran a lot. Of, when my son was a senior, we ran a lot of it for his, for his post-grad team. It, it gives you more options, right? And as, and as you say, when you're on defense, right? When you force the defense yeah. to think, right? Okay, what are we? That's yeah. when you you know you're in good shape, yeah. right? Because that that pause or that 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 break is 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 huge, and it gives you a big advantage. The other great thing about what Spain did with the minutes is we said no coincidence yeah. they won. I mean, guys, this is what Pop was doing yep. all those years with and Duncan, no and Ginobili, and Parker, right? It's no one thing. understood though why he was doing it, right? Right. It's like because come June, we want to be fresh, not dead. Like all you guys playing forty minutes a night, you ain't gonna make yeah. it in June. He we was will. getting he right? was getting counsel from Catapult. And I think that mm-hmm. the, the story I was told is that he did a deal with Catapult who convinced him, we know a way to keep your guys fresh for all year. But Pop had, Pop put in the, the contract. Uh, we have um, we, confidential use for 10 years. No one else can know. Mm-hmm. So, so he was getting fined, if you remember. Who cares? Science I'm going to championship. Signs <laughs> the rest of his guys. So that's what he did. Now, the, now Catapult's everywhere. It's a huge company. So yeah, yeah we we yet, all know. Yet teams they overdo it. No, it they don't. They think it's a myth. They feel like masking is a myth and COVID's a myth. Yeah, it's all made up. Yeah. <laughs> crocodile, crocodiles in the river. Ah, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> makes no sense. It's man. It makes up. no sense. Oh man, and you you meant uh, Wagner was great. Yeah. This Eurobasket, I, I like him a lot. Orlando, I mean, they got so many young. Yeah, they sucked for a long time. They've sucked for a long time. I will tell you, the one thing about Franz, I did not put this in, but um, I, I wrote it. I just didn't find a GIF for it. Uh, FIBA, the FIBA GIFs were terrible. Um, uh, he made some really phenomenal dribble moves. Well, that's where, 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 where Hayward, that was, I love, Hayward's a very good athlete and tough compare. I loved Hayward coming out of college at Butler. I did not love Wagner. I, I've written that and I wrote that I, I just didn't see it. He was soft to me when I watched on film. He ain't soft. At least not, he hasn't been this since he joined, became a pro. But he's got a little bit more of a quickness at the point of attack with the dribble skill. And that makes him harder to guard. Which, and then he can really shoot. He looked great shooting it. Yeah, that guy's got a chance to be and he's a two-way guy. Solid, solid defensive player. That's a positive. I think it's a perfect place to, to end it. Because we started the show talking about those three awesome players. Uh, LeBron, Steph, KD. And you talked about KD and the dribble. Again, because this is your knowledge as a coach. Talk about the importance of mastering the dribble, especially when you can do it and you're big, yeah. right? Like how important? Yeah, that it's is. just the single most limiting factor in your offensive game, because we in our in our game you can't run with the ball. That's football <laughs> or lacrosse. We have to dribble the ball, <laughs> yeah. and and you're being guarded by really quick, long, aggressive, angry people, and so it's so self limiting if you're not able to really utilize your dribble. So some guys are proficient at just not turning the ball over. I can get to my spot as a passer, but I'm not creating separation. The game's about creating separation, getting that first domino to drop, getting that second defender to come. And so where KD and Kawhi and LeBron and Paul George and our big alpha scoring wings, uh, what separates them from the Dr. J's of the era, because Dr. J is 6'6 and super long and athletic back then, he can dribble with his left hand. If you don't believe me, go watch the fish that saved Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. He couldn't dribble with his left hand. <laughs> That's very self-limiting. The game is different. It's one of the things that made Bird and Magic so great at six foot nine is the, the dribble. They were blowing, blowing away off the dribble except in transition. But the, the dribble wasn't their, – their lack of ball handling wasn't limiting anything they wanted to do. They can get wherever they wanted to go. The next level is uh, shake and bake in you. And that's what these guys can do at, at, at that size. And so Wagner being able to do that, it's where I thought Wiggins always needed to practice and never yeah. got great yep. at it. I, and I, and because, so it's self-limiting because he couldn't do it. 
Yeah. No, this is Woo! I'm getting excited, coach. Basketball season starting soon. I'm really the getting pre- geared first up now. The game September 30th, Gerard. That's like tomorrow. Know, days. <laughs> Come on. I, I guess they'll be overseas. I haven't looked. Yeah, it's going to be in uh, Chennai, I want to say. Normally perhaps? it's China, yeah. I thought I yeah. saw. Somewhere yeah. in Asia, if for sure. Uh, we got a couple. Actually, ooh, I think we have a UAE ooh. game. Actually, now that I think about it, I think there is a game in the United Arab Emirates. Can you say sport washing? Well, <laughs> we all know what the reason right. for that is, but well, that's for a conversation right. for another day on right. one of our one of our true right. podcasts, uh, folks. Stay tuned because we are going to keep doing more preview stuff. So we talked about the teams, we did our MVP breakdown. We're gonna do our preseason awards. We're gonna do all we think all NBA, all all that good stuff coming up. And as we get ready, as training camps open, and uh, you know it's, it's go time out here. And then before we know it, October fourteenth, yeah, somewhere around there. First, first uh, regular season game. Less and it'll a be a, a mad Less dash. A yep. All right, folks. We will see you guys on Thursday with another episode. Take care.